0: Welcome to Small Talk, everyone. Appreciate you listening uh, by way of podcast. Appreciate you watching the live feed here on Facebook Live. And uh, if you're watching tonight, I would really appreciate it if you would uh, give us a like. What's even better than liking the podcast on Facebook is sharing the podcast with, with others and um, and and subscribing as well to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Ah, uh, subscribe there and uh, like the podcast. Uh, give us a five star rating. Reggie and I would appreciate it. Um, so, we tonight are going to talk about the Ahmad Arbery uh, shooting in Georgia. So, a pretty serious topic of conversation tonight. And so, I want to share some of my initial thoughts on that. I want to share. Uh, what thoughts I have now, and really some of my concerns about where we go from here and, and get Reggie's take on this and really Reggie I think that it's situations like this where our discussions could be most valuable yeah, yeah, yeah i I really do think it that that's the case in fact when we uh we've been talking about doing this for a long time we've made no Uh, Secret about that and we finally start doing it with the COVID-19 situation. But along the way, I know I've seen instances on the news and whatnot where I'm like, man People ought to hear a conversation between Reggie and I about that. And so We're going to have one of those conversations uh, Tonight so and you know, there's there's new people all the time logging on by the way So I think it'd be a good idea to just tell people uh, who we are uh, as well Um, so uh, if you are new to the broadcast, my name is George Schmalstig, and uh, and this is Reggie Prince. Uh, Reggie and I are great friends. Uh, we're also colleagues. Reggie is coming to us uh, by way of uh, Saint Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Reggie's been in the criminal justice field for 23 years. I've been it for 22 years, and we met uh, while we were doing some training for the um, uh, well for a, for a, a government agency, and. We're quick friends, and so what we really bring to the table, I think, by way of training people in cognitive behavioral interventions, is just that—that uh, that, uh, maybe a unique perspective on what makes people tick. And I think both of us enjoy talking about that. So let's uh, let's talk about this uh, Ahmad Arberry situation. So Ahmad Arberry, if you're living under a rock. Um, or you know what? Or if you're just doing a really good job of staying away from the news, there's there's some validity to that at this point as well. Uh, Ahmad uh, was a 25 year old black man in Brunswick, Georgia, and he was shot on February 23rd. He was out in his neighborhood taking a jog, and uh, two men, uh, father and son duo, Gregory McMichael, uh, age 64, his son Travis McMichael, age 34. I uh, saw him in the neighborhood running. Uh, they they claim that he fit the description of a burglar and they gave chase in a pickup truck. So Gregory McMichael uh, calls out to his son, Travis, let's, let's go get him. They grab some. Uh, Travis grabs a shotgun. Uh, the father grabs uh, what I believe was a 357, but we know he had a, a pistol and they gave chase. Uh, ultimately, there's a video. Thank goodness. There's a video of this situation So that uh, the world could see what actually transpired and we don't have to just go by someone's uh, Testimony alone Which at this point would be uh, the the McMichaels. So There is a video. It was taken from behind the situation as a mod r- runs up to the truck uh, apparently Travis must have been driving because he is outside of the truck and the the, the driver's side doors open and it appears that the father, Gregory McMichael, is in the bed of the pickup truck. So what we see in the video is a mod runs up to the back of the truck. He then goes around to the passenger side of the truck, comes around the front, and... We, we really can't see what sparked off the engagement between the two. Of them. But the next thing you know, they're in a fist fight. They get out of the shot of the video a little bit. There's a, an apparent struggle for the shotgun. And it would appear that Ahmad was shot, I believe, two times is what's been reported. Three times. Uh, three times. To- well, okay. By the shotgun. Here's what I saw, Reggie. Uh, and it doesn't even matter, by the way. But what I saw was he was shot by the shotgun twice. And then uh, it, it, sa- it sounds like I heard a report that the father may have even taken a shot afterwards at him from the back of the truck with the pistol. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know. That would be for a jury to figure that out. And the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is, is looking into the case right now. But but I do believe you're right, Reggie. I think he was shot three times one way or the other, and at least twice point blank with a shotgun, it, it would appear. Mm-hmm. So, Uh, Reggie, I learned about this because I think it was after our broadcast last Tuesday. I woke up Wednesday morning and you had sent me a link through Facebook Messenger about this and asked me if I'd seen it yet. And I had not. And so I took a look at the link that you sent me. And then here is what I responded to you. All right. Through Messenger, I said. That case looks very cut and dry. And what happens if they're convicted and found guilty? They go away to prison and we all get to pay for their pitiful existence. They want to grab guns and chase someone down like this is the 18th century. Then they should be hung at the courthouse for everyone to see. And maybe that will make others think before they grab guns and chase down a young man out for a run. You and I need to go do a live show in Georgia. That's what I said. to you. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Okay. So now obviously that's sort of an emotional response
1: yeah
0: right and i talked to rebecca about this maybe even have talked about my daughter about this i don't want to go through town and drive by the courthouse and see people hung in gallows Hmm. (laughs) i do not want to do that i don't even want to go by the courthouse and see people in stocks with people up spitting at them and yelling at them and all the rest of i listen i don't want that but there is Something inside of me that says, I'm frustrated with this system, Reggie, that you and I even work in where, yeah, maybe someone is convicted and they go off to jail. But does it ever serve as a deterrent for everyone else? Because in terms of punishment or let's say uh, just people going to prison, the criminal justice system provides for for punishment for a crime. And, and there's also that deterrence effect that we're also looking for when people aren't punished. And I just, I don't see deterrence anymore. Uh, maybe you do from your vantage point, but I'm not seeing it. Let's, let's just say this. I don't think that the McMichaels before they grabbed guns and jumped in the shotgun, uh, grabbed shotguns and jumped in the pickup truck. Rather, I don't think that they were evaluating in their mind, Georgia law and precedent and consequences. And all the rest of it. Nah, I don't think they were.
1: What do you I think don't... people thinking though? And I, I, don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I know what I think was going through. Well, day.
0: I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna, I, I think I'm gonna get there. Okay. So, so that was my initial response. Here's some other things that really upset me when I looked at this. Oh. Uh, I, I did, I don't. I think they're automatically in the wrong because mm. Gregory, the father, as it was reported, he calls out for Travis and they jump in the truck and go. Now I think he, instead of calling out for his son, and jumping in the truck and go, and I think he should have called the law. I think he should have called 911. Well, as it turns out, there was a 911 call made. And apparently, I believe it was before the shooting. Now there's two 911 calls that were made the one that seems to be him, the 911 operator is trying to get his location. He just says, Hey, I'm in this neighborhood. And he's all right. Well, we're at in the neighborhood. He doesn't give an answer. And then he yells something like, um, stop, damn it. Stop Travis. Right. He yells at that. I mean, that's the dialogue that we hear and then we don't hear anything else. And I believe that that goes on for maybe like four or five minutes of silence. Mm. From what I've heard, so there wasn't there was a nine one one call made. So, well, that's interesting. So maybe my first gut response on that particular part of it maybe maybe it wasn't right. I don't know, but I still am not okay with just jumping in the pickup truck, grabbing guns, mm. and going out there and running the guy down. I've also read that they actually had a couple of run ins out there on the road mm. before they had that final run in. Again, that's been reported. Who knows whether that's true or not. Uh, we're definitely not here. Reggie and I are not here to litigate the case. That's for sure. We're just here to share our opinions and thoughts about it. That That's it. So, so my initial reaction, Reggie, if I were to sum it up, I'd say, in my mind, here's what the thought sounds like. So a couple of rednecks kill a young black man for running while black, for jogging while black. And this situation highlights to me in my mind what you and I have talked about in terms of privilege. You were the one that told me, and I have bought into this lock, stock, and barrel. You were the one that changed my thinking on this, probably because you're the only one I've had the conversation with, by the Mm -hmm. way. Uh, uh, Who's a person of color? Of course, I've had that conversation with white folks. White privilege is the fact that I could go out and I could run in this neighborhood right now and I don't I don't have to worry about getting shot. Now, I said that to a friend of mine the other day and he told me, well, George, um, yeah, that's true, but I was out taking a run one night and it was dark and I was out taking a run one night and before you know it, I had someone pointing a gun at me in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now, he obviously lived to tell about it It was fine, whatever. But but it happened to him as well. Mm -hmm. So all this is anecdotal, but still, as the general rule, I don't have to fear that. Whereas a lot of other people, people of color, they have that fear. Whether or not that fear is rational or irrational, it's still there. And I'm privileged because I just don't have that fear. Now I will tell you that there are neighborhoods in America that I would not run, especially after dark hauling my handsome white self uh, with with great hair and and blue eyes through that neighborhood running in the middle. I wouldn't do it because I would be afraid.
1: Yeah, but that's, uh, those instances are um, very, very few in comparison to the other side of the coin.
0: They absolutely are. But why that's valid for me to say that is because if you're, if you're white and you can't bring yourself to figure out that that, that uh, situation exists or that frame of mind exists for black folks, then go ahead and go for that run that I'm telling you about. Maybe <laughs> you'll have to search harder to find that place than, than a black person would have to search and find. But once you found that place, then you go ahead and get yourself up out of that car and go for that run. And do uh, you see what I'm saying, Reggie?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, try to Try to have the experience at some point. Just have yeah. the
0: experience. Right.
1: And and I always speak to that: is is you could find a place where you would be outnumbered, you would be uncomfortable, and yet you would make a choice to find that place more times than not, right? I mean, for me, it's not a choice. I mean, I guess it it is a choice, but my choice is existence. Where I go, I mean, I'm more times than not not the majority, and because of that, whether it's um, val, I mean, whether it's real. Or, or just uh, whatever life experiences led me to have these preconceived ideas, it's it's valid because it, it it's it's you feel it, right? And that whole idea of privilege that for me, that's what I think nah, anyway, I think. I know that's what was going through that man's mind. They live in that neighborhood. They have a right, to do certain things and live a certain way. And when they saw someone that didn't fit in, sort of like the Sesame Street, one of these brothers is not like the other three. When they saw someone that did not fit in, then they realized they felt entitled to be able to control that situation. They made some horrible, horrible choices, but those choices were rooted in that idea of privilege. And I know people hear that and they, they stomach getting notches. Like I grew up poor. I did privilege is not a monetary thing. You can keep you can hold on to that and try to think that it's a monetary thing. It is not. It is pri- the privilege I speak of is the freedom of peace. That idea that you don't worry about when you when you leave the house. You don't when you get pulled over by the cops. Maybe and I can't speak for what everybody. And I'm not trying to install thoughts in your head, but when I get pulled over by the cops, I, I have a ritual that I go through, and a fear in my heart that if I don't maintain that ritual, that at a minimum, I'm going to get the worst ticket I possibly got. And based on observations and current climate, it could get way worse than that if I break away from it. So my heart is pounding. Like, I'm, I'm nervous when my son leaves the house, right? I mean, that, that's one of the biggest things for me now. When he goes into certain areas and and when he just leaves, period, I send him a text message as soon as he leaves the house, as soon as he drives away from the driveway saying, don't speed. Why? Because I don't want him to be engaged or get stopped or pulled over. I, I I need to know where he is. He's nineteen, almost twenty years old, and I'm still needing to know where he is. And that's not for him, because he ain't like he ain't like a bad kid. I mean, really, he's soft. He ain't about to go out and create trouble, but it's that fear that something bad would happen. And it, you have done an incredible job of researching this case. I couldn't. Like I should I sent you that video. And other than watching the guy who recorded the video talk about how afraid he was for death threats, I hadn't really followed it because I don't need to feed that paranoia that I have. I don't need to feed that fear that I have of what could happen. And not so much to me, because I'm I'm old and I ain't leaving the house no way, but to my son or to my brother. Or you know what I mean? There's some black male that I care about. Or not even don't even have to care about just in general.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, let me draw a parallel. What you're saying resonates me with me to the extent that my daughter, who's 16, when she pulls out of here, I'm I have the fear. Mm. Okay, and the fear is. Of her being taken advantage of. Mm. Listen, Reggie, you don't have a daughter, but if you did, I'm sure you would be. You would share that as well. I think any normal father would, because as much as we want to say, that there's no difference in the sexes at all yes there is there's a difference in the way the sexes think uh there's difference in um in strength and all the rest of it my daughter and you know my mind my daughter could be at the mercy of a male who's bigger and stronger than her and that's a scary thing
1: it's a and very scary thing i think the most powerful difference is in the way that they are treated sure Sure. But,
0: but Absolutely that's, but, but I want people to, I really want people to understand. I don't want people to just get all tied up in knots whenever they hear white privilege. Yeah, I really don't. Because if you come to tell me or anyone comes to tell me that I have this house that I'm sitting in right now and that truck outside and any other worldly possession I have by the mere fact that I'm white and I have privilege, then I'm going to tell you to go take a hike. You're mm. you, that—that's ridiculous. That—that's not white privilege. Um, yeah, some people believe that, but uh, and, and let's just you know what, Reggie. Maybe that maybe there's actually a spectrum there as well.
1: Ah, tell me more.
0: Well, no. I, I don't. I don't want. To, I don't want to. But 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 uh, let's just say that some people for various different reasons, their pathway to success uh, and the material goods that we have, uh, AKA uh, the American dream. Unfortunately, I've researched that a little bit too, man. We're going to have that conversation.
1: Okay.
0: Um, people might drive by my house and see my situation and say, yeah, man, he's achieving the American dream. Well, maybe, maybe, there's some circumstances that I've had that have made it easier to get where I am and some that have made it harder. And maybe in the easier category, we could say the fact that I was born a white man. Maybe maybe someone could make that claim. And then I, I might concede that point to some degree. All right. So but it would be very it'd be very, very small. I would have to say there's a lot of other things that would rank higher than that. Intelligence, conscientiousness, all kinds of stuff, education, just Flat out decisions that you make for yourself, Brookings Institute type decisions that we talked about before, all that. So, anyway, this is our problem, man. We digress, we get down uh, <laughs> roads like this. All right. So, uh, here, here's an interesting thought that I had too, uh, Reggie is that uh, I, I really, as much as I want to be the guy that goes on social media like immediately, and rails against uh, white racism and uh, the, the McMichaels and what they did and all the rest. No, I'm like, no, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna keep my powder dry. I'm gonna keep my powder dry on that one because the truth of the matter is, the, the my opinion doesn't matter. Really, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun to sit around pontificate and and have discussions on podcasts and whatnot. But really, this is going to come down to a jury. And thank God it's going to come down to a jury as well, because it took 10 weeks for these guys to get charged. So that's a problem. And there might be legitimate reasons for that. They had to go through a couple people. A couple people had to recuse themselves. I don't know. Maybe even COVID-19 played a role. I, I have no idea. Okay. But but what I do know is it took a long time for this to, yeah, for charges to be actually be filed. So, if you're wondering if you haven't seen, they've been charged with felony murder and uh aggravated assault. Mm. Both of them have been charged with that, so they're in jail right now. looks like they probably will be until a grand jury can be convened. I believe sometime in June looks like they'll they'll be sitting the, common,
1: there. the common thing that I see from folks that uh, I, that I'm close to is they didn't make the arrest because they watched the video. They made the arrest because we watched the video, right. If, if that video would never surface what would have happened to that case
0: that seems to be uh that seems to be the case to me too I, I, I really do think that's the case
1: and 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 so imagine the fear that that instills in a person and yeah i mean there's so many other things that could harm you hurt you and take you out and things of that nature but the idea that i can't speak for all black folks but i can tell you from for me and mine that there is a, a, a faint concern, sometimes more than just faint, that um, people are gonna get in a situation, if I get in a situation cross-culturally, that um, some decisions and actions are, that will be made towards me and against me, that may not be in my best interest. It might be rooted in their sense of what they feel is right and wrong, their need to control the situation. I mean, like, and, and with that, I'm just left in a lurch because if I defend myself, then man, there's, there's some places where you might, people might see that as, as a, 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 a valid defense, but not more times, I mean, more times likely. And, and for me, especially being as big as I am, I, I, I'm even more terrified of those potentially hostile interactions with people. Because sure. if I defend myself, I mean, if, no matter what I do, they're gonna say I probably could have done something different because I'm bigger than the person, I'm stronger than the person. And so I have that extra layer added on, but just that that whole undercurrent of the perceptions of what I am capable of as a African-American, the perceptions of what I'm historically doing or have done as an African-American. When people can just rely on that fear of what black folks probably will do as a defense, then we in trouble. We had a situation here in St. Paul. Um interaction happened, car accident, you know, just a fender. Bender. And then uh it was a white guy, black guy. Somehow, white guy ended up shooting a black guy. His immediate defense was based on that kid, that that, that the black guy's behavior, I don't I don't know, clothing, whatever, but he felt he was a gang member and he was in fear for his life. That was that man's defense and that's in an the we know the police use it right whenever there's a, 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 a shooting of an unarmed person of color fear right i was afraid i was afraid i was afraid well the the scary part about it is i can't control your fear no matter how docile no matter how humble i may come across if you get that in you you could do something to me and potentially get away with it. and the fact that a lot of people, I, again, I ain't speak for all black folks, but the majority of people that I walk I with would, would agree with what I'm saying, That that's a disadvantage at a minimum to have to live under that kind of like presence. And then the absence of that presence has to be an advantage. Would you say?
0: Sure. Absolutely. I think you could just, yeah, I think that's liberty. Like That's yeah. the word that comes to my mind. Freedom. It's A freedom. freedom. Right. Listen, I, I, I believe that every person in our country mm-hmm. has the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And if you're living under constant fear, again, whether that's rational or irrational, it's still there. Yeah. Uh, and, and when I keep saying whether it's rational or, ir- or irrational, I, I don't mean that the person themselves are just irrational. No, I know what you mean. The, the irrational. Let, let me be clear. The irrationality in my my mind, Reggie, really comes from the voices that we hear that are bombarding us with the messages that do get stuck in our minds. This is it's one of the not real. I mean, it's not valid. Right? Yeah, I mean- yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not real. Sometimes this is why I cringe. Here's what gave me a little bit of pause on this one. I get concerned anytime the media quickly jumps in and creates a narrative very, very quickly without any research. So the narrative here is that uh, Ahmad is just out for a job. Mm-hmm. He's just out for a job. That's it. He's just out for a job. Well, that very well may be the case. But if you're just jumping in there without, not, without any facts at all and you're creating that as the narrative, then it's like you have created – there's some power in having the, that your narrative out there in the ether first. That's what I believe. Cause a lot of people jump on that and then that's, they're committed to that. They're going to hear that. And they're not going to hear anything else, especially, yeah. especially if it reinforces maybe some bias or whatever, or, or fear or whatever that they may already have. Like one, uh, one example might be like the Michael Brown case. Mm-hmm. Michael Brown was a, a gentle, Giant, right? He was a gentle giant. Uh, hands up, what? What is it? Hands up, what? Don't shoot, right? And that wasn't wasn't that the case?
1: I get them confused because there's so many. I'm yeah, not to get, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I don't
0: Yeah, hold. the one that the one that uh, sometimes I confuse is that. But I believe Michael Brown was hands up, don't shoot. He was a gentle giant. I don't want to confuse that with uh, Michael uh, the Scott case in, uh, in in South Carolina where he was shot by a uh, police officer, there. Yeah. At any rate, so they create these narratives, and sometimes the narratives just don't play out. They they just they just don't, and right. then and then that creates uh, even more distrust.
1: You know, like what are people trying to do, creating these these narratives? Well, here's here's the thing to that. The, what really gets me about the process is that the, whatever narrative it is. You know, every story is three sides, your side, my side, and the truth, right? Yep. And so um, when, it, when it comes to that, though, the the things get so distorted that how do you know? I mean, at the end of the day, how do you know? I remember, I don't watch uh, Morning Joe anymore. I don't oh, you
0: should have seen it this morning. Well, talk about I that watch, later.
1: And, and because of the Mike Brown situation, mm. he laid out a circumstance and basically said, he asked to be killed right i mean like he created the situation he reached in the window and tried to grab a gun from a cop in the car and you know they went with the narrative that was on the air i mean like that was being pushed deeply and then later it was exposed that that wasn't really the case i mean not nowhere near what they described and if you want more detail watch a, a documentary called fruit Veil. So they went in they went in deep right they didn't didn't try to paint mike out to be like some saint I mean they were very clear about some of his behavior and activity but they also were clear about how he ended up dying like the idea that he was charging the cop well when you did like the the surveillance i mean like when they really broke down the scene afterwards it was more so he was falling forward from the previous gunshots which is why he got shot in the top of the head as he was falling toward the ground right so uh, there's a lot of like really distorted messages that came out and uh, in favor and against Mike Brown, and but Maureen and Joe never corrected themselves. If we um, could keep, yes, yeah, sure. I think if we could keep the media out of this,
0: yes, that would be most helpful. And let me give you a, media and the internet, to be honest with you, right? Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. I guess when I say media, I do think of the internet as well, but that's not everybody on the internet is the media. So, so one of the things that that came to light was that Arbury uh, Ahmad. He, okay. So he was on a jog, but he also stopped at a house that was new construction. All right, and he's he's he goes into that 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 dwelling. It's under construction, and I don't know. It looks like maybe he just milled around a little bit. Didn't. I mean, the worst thing he might have done there was was trespassing, and then he takes off, off out of there and then keeps on running now i don't know uh i guess maybe some people might use that to say well he wasn't out for a jog," and that kind of resonates with me right i I don't if i strap on some shoes put on some shorts and go for a jog as he was an avid jogger then i i don't stop at a house that's newly being constructed in the in the neighborhood and take a look around I, i it's not what I do. Uh, I, I guess I just wasn't even raised that way. Like, I don't think that way. I don't think about going into a place like that that I shouldn't be going because I don't own the job. Well, look at from a different perspective. But, but let me finish. Let me finish. But when I hear that, I say, what does that have to do with these guys jumping in a pickup truck and going and stopping him, and a guy ends up getting killed? Like that has to me. No, well, I mean, to them, it does, right? So they're out here doing some vigilante justice, is what it looks like to me. Uh, but man, I tell you what, the response, their reaction, if that's really why they were out there. That's obviously a little overblown, dude, going in and looking at it. Hey, that's just my opinion. And there's probably other facts out there. One person called 911. There's two calls, one guy called 911. And said, hey, there's a guy over there in that house. This is a normal thing. It keeps happening. That guy's never going to get his house built if this type of stuff keeps on happening. That's what he tells the 911 dispatcher. And then says, there he goes. He's off. He's running. He's leaving. Well, I don't know. Maybe there'll be some other facts that come out. But, hey, it's not the way I think. I wouldn't be in a house that I don't know. But I sure as hell wouldn't want to get shot for it.
1: And – if it's okay to, to
0: yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Give my perspective on that. I've gone. I don't jog. Let's just be honest. But I've gone I'm out either. with uh, working out or doing something, and then something will draw my interest. I tell you right now, my son loves buildings, skyscrapers, high rises. I mean, our first full family vacation was to go to Chicago because they had so many high rises. He knew every single building right? So he had this incredible interest in construction. So if he saw something, we would stop at times and watch things be built. I mean, so much so that I, three Christmases ago, he's 16 years old. I bought a crane, just like the one we had back in the day when he was a kid, because he just loves construction that much. So for him to stop and it's still, you can call it trespassing because it is. But for him to do that, I, I wouldn't have been even remotely shocked or surprised at him being interested in something like that, right? Sorry, I, I, I wouldn't have been. Now him being in somebody else's on somebody else's property, somebody else's land, I'd have told him, "Hey, you can't do that." But the idea of him being interested in something, and I'm not making this up to be light I mean, like trying to make a point. This is the truth. My son loves construction. I don't know what that boy's interest was. I don't know why he walked into that house, but that don't matter a hill of beans because he didn't run out of there with anything, right? I mean, he had on shorts and a t-shirt, so it wasn't like he walked out of there having stolen anything. His presence in there, albeit uh, uh, illegal, it wasn't egregiously illegal. Like it wasn't something that he would even receive anything more than a ticket for it. There was no nothing that would warrant the need to bear arms or load up, lock and load, and chase after them. I agree and with it, that. Now, here's nothing about what that, and it was wrong. And, and, but here's something else I read on the internet. Well, I don't mean to cut you off. I'll let you get okay. to no, no. I
0: was cutting you off.
1: Really. Um, it said that black men are the only people who have to defend themselves from being murdered. Like after the fact, we we there's always a narrative about the criminal history I might have, my behavior. I did see one thing, and this was the thing that kind of broke me down, was it was attached to that video of him going into the house Someone posted on the internet um, a mugshot that looked similar to him, but uh, I don't know. wasn't the right name, wasn't the right person at all. But it took off; it got legs. By the time I saw it on Twitter, there was probably eighteen hundred comments underneath it. It had been retweeted like seven hundred times, and it was saying that he was basically a criminal, and that he, you know, which only plays the part within that. Mike Brown, when he got killed. It, pulled out his criminal record. Everything, even Fernando Castile, which I think all of them are horrible, all of them are bad, but because that was miles away from my house, that one really burnt your boy at the stake. Even with him, they spoke about him being high on marijuana at the time, right? So when that happens, when, that, when black men die at the hands of somebody, not us, There's an uh, it seems to be a need to find a way to tear down that person's character or to label them as being um, maladaptive or or something that they're doing something wrong, which in essence led to their murder. Okay, so let me let me let me
0: get some clarification here.
1: Does and I ain't saying you're doing, I'm I'm no no way,
0: I I don't think you are.
1: So I'm saying that's what I witnessed, and that's what that's what made me kind of shut down. Okay. Yep.
0: Here's here's my question for you. Do you witness that outside of legal proceedings or inside of legal proceedings?
1: Now be more clear. What do you mean?
0: Like, do you hear that justification and whatnot that you're talking about? Do you hear that more so like in the media and our culture or do mm-hmm. you hear? Yeah. OK, because mm-hmm. where that where that will come into play and should come into play, all of that stuff, like if you smoke weed or whatever, all that will come into play in the legal proceeding, when these guys, when, when Gregory and, and, and Travis McMichael go to court, what will be brought out is that one of the district attorneys had to recuse themselves because they had worked with Gregory McMichael on some cases where McMichael was doing some private investigation work for him on cases that involved Ahmad. Okay, so Ahmad had brought a gun to a school,
1: yeah, that's the one I saw.
0: Yeah, and he, he was uh, he was put on probation. I believe he got like five years probation for that. And is that it, true, yeah, yeah, that is it's it's. I don't. Know. I,
1: mean, I didn't know. Yeah, would.
0: yeah. That, so, so so he was put on probation for five years, and then he violated his probation. I think it was in 2018 for um, for theft. I um I don't want to say what type of theft it is right now because I don't have it at hand. But it was a uh, some sort of theft, uh, whether it be shoplifting or whatever. So those things happen. And so that's obviously going to come out in the case, right? Because there was some interaction between Gregory McMichael and Ahmad previous to this interaction that happened out on the street. So I would say then that Gregory already had in his mind that this person's trouble. I I would think he would. I mean, that's just my.
1: But my point would be, does that. that
0: mean that he should get a shotgun and his son and go uh, confront him in the street, and a kid die. Of course not. But it's going to that's going to come out for sure. Now, my
1: point to that. How if the judge
0: know? lets it, by the way, if the judge says, "Hey, none of that has anything to do with this case," and I, I, I don't know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to speculate whether they he should let that in or not. But it could come out.
1: Well, my again, my point to that is one. <laughs> In no other instance that i can think of i mean they fought for years to stop putting the victim on trial in rape situations right We've, we finally had a place where they stopped putting a victim i mean the, the victim on trial right and, and like because a woman's past history and stuff like that that shouldn't matter in the moment if there's physical evidence to support that that person was raped. it don't matter if you, right so we you they no longer are allowed to attack the victim in rape situation there's a lot of circumstances where the, you're not allowed to introduce evidence that would defile or or place in a negative way the victim of a situation right but in unarmed black men shootings that's usually the first thing that comes out like i mean i, I think of instances where they put out um the mugshot of the victim. <laughs> you know what I mean? He wasn't in jail when he got killed, but the the, the image that they show is the mugshot. I and mean, they've gotten better about that, right? I mean, like they put different things, especially with Philando. They couldn't really do anything with well, because the man wasn't a criminal. I mean, he smoked weed. I mean, weed's like the state flower from 48 of our states, to be honest with you. So many people smoke weed. So, they, and they couldn't find anything in that. But they were looking. They, were, they talked about his traffic tickets, bro. That was the only thing that man had on his back was the fact that he he, he got a lot of traffic tickets. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, got, he had a lot of violations behind the wheel, but nothing that was hurtful or harmful to anybody else. Anything, but how, why? what the hell did that have to do with that cop gunning him down? But they found it. What other victim of a crime, especially murder, other than an unarmed black man, do you, can can anybody, whether you type it in as a, as a chat or whether you you, you want to come on and verbalize it. What other victim goes on trial before the assailant is even arrested? Other than the uh, uh, unarmed black man, the guy that got choked out for uh, the, for selling Lucy's. Lucy's yeah. you know, yeah. right? They found his, as reporting the story, that lady who gunned that man down in Texas in the middle of the road, that he was probably high. I'm not going to say he wasn't. I think the toxicology report report showed that it was. But that man was picking his kids up from school. But yet we had to report the negativity that would contribute to why this may have happened. As as opposed to saying, nah, I don't give a damn. Short of him harming another human being or doing some serious stuff in the moment towards you as a threat and a harm, that, that, that... None of that should be brought to bear. None of, right. none of that should be brought the discussion. But what you, not you, I don't want to put you on the spot. I want other people to tell me, what group, what other group do you know of that is the victim of a crime that before the person who committed the crime is arrested, that victim is on trial? He's Reggie, passed-
0: I, I would say this, that um, I can't think of a situation in the media where a white on white killing has really been highlighted unless it's someone rich or famous. Mm, There you go. Okay. So I would also say the same thing with black on black killing, unless they're famous or rich or whatnot. And even at that, Reggie, I, I really right now, I just can't even think of any cases. There's maybe there's something to be said for the fact that I bet you if we went out if I took a microphone and went out on the street and said I want you to tell me a high profile white on white killing uh, a high profile black on black high profile black like just went through it all like if I think mm-hmm. black on white the the only thing I can come up with. Was potentially Whether the glove fit or not
1: Oh my goodness
0: Right like That's, yeah. that's the only thing that comes to mind right now Maybe if I gave a, I'm just thinking off the top of my head right now It's not like I prepared for that But mm-hmm. I think of that um, I, I, You know may, Maybe Maybe it's the, Maybe it's the fact that the world doesn't much care If white folk are killing white folk Or black folk are killing black folk what gets attention is when we're killing each other. And I heard Ben Shapiro say the other day on his show, he was talking about this and he said that we do not have this huge problem of, this is just one man's perspective. We do not have this huge problem of white people killing black people. The evidence that he had for that. Aside from FBI statistics, I mean, everybody can go look those up. All right. But this, the evidence he gave for that is that you can name Michael Brown. You can name Trayvon Martin. You can name uh, uh, Michael Scott. You can name Ahmaud Arbery.
1: Philando Castillo.
0: So, yes. That. Yeah, absolutely. You, you We can name these people because they're high-profile cases because when they happen, they get – they get blown up. Now, someone could say to me, George, not every one of them's getting blown up, and then I would say, "Okay. I mean, I don't have evidence to to, to prove a, a negative, right?" That's, but I think he makes a pretty good point. So, I get a little concerned when folks like LeBron James go on Twitter before he knows any of the facts. Because I, I, as much as I wanted to go on Facebook or Twitter and do that myself, I'm not going to do that. But LeBron, somebody else, so he he goes on Twitter and he says, "We're literally hunted every day, every time we step, uh, step foot outside the comfort of our homes. Can't even go for a damn job, man. Like, WTF, man? Are you kidding me? No, man, for real. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, Ahmad, rest in paradise." And my prayers and blessings sent to the heavens above to your family. Hashtag stay woke. Hashtag profiled because we are simply black. Hey, man, that's that's his opinion. Uh, He's entitled to it. Uh, But if I go back to like episode number two, Reggie, I just don't think that that's helpful. Like I wish the dude would just kept his powder dry because here's what happens. We immediately get the narrative, whatever the media wants that to be. You look at all the posts that are online and once people post stuff like that within about three responses, something's going to be political. And, uh, you know, this is life in America under Trump. I saw that on one. So Mm -hmm. it immediately goes someplace like that. And then, they create this idea in everyone's mind that this is a cut and dry case. That was my first tweet or my first uh, message to you This is a cut and dry case. Well, when it turns out that I'm wrong and this is not a cut and dry case and those guys are charged with felony murder and felony uh, or uh, aggravated battery and they get off because in a court of law, you actually have to talk about the facts. Then if they get off, And honestly, God, dude, I hope they don't. I think they did a good job picking what they picked to charge them with. I think they're going down. But if they get off, Reggie, now we're in a situation where we have tons of civil upheaval when it would be so much better for people to just say, we're not going to do it, man. No one's going to do it. But It would be much better people to say, all right, we live in a country where we have due process. Let's see where the facts lead us. Let's see what happens but I know that's not going to happen, Reggie, because Mm -hmm. number one, we're dealing with people's emotions. And I would just say as a number two, real quick here, too many people have got
1: off that shouldn't have. Yeah. Or,
0: or people didn't even get charged.
1: That's the big one.
0: Yes. Or people didn't get charged and they should have. There's there's how do we get beyond this point where the injustices of the past, and the knee-jerk reaction feed into a narrative which ultimately everyone decides must be true, and then when it's not, we want to disrupt the civil society and make things worse. That's where I'm afraid this is headed, man. Because, But I will say, and then let me let you uh, chime in here. Let, mm. let me just uh, finish that, that, that thought. These guys were charged with Felony murder. And so felony murder in Georgia is uh, it occurs when someone commits a serious or inherently dangerous felony and someone dies during the course of committing or attempting to commit a felony. Felonies that are inherently dangerous, including burglary, arson, rape, kidnapping, aggravated assault and cruelty to children. Well, let's go back to aggravated assault. So felony murder is a felony that occurs in the course of a, felony happening well what's the felony they've been charged with well like it said there in that description aggravated assault so you say well, what is aggravated assault well a person commits the offense of aggregated assault when he or she assaults with the intent to murder rape or to rob with a deadly weapon or with any object device or instrument which when used offensively against a person is likely to, or actually does result in serious bodily injury. So Reggie, I think that what's going to come down to is, and this is all that's going to matter. This is just one man's opinion. What right. happened when Arbury went around the right side of that vehicle, came around the front of the truck. And next thing you know, those two guys are fighting. What happened at that moment? Did Arbury was Arbury the aggressor and just started pounding on him. Because And if he was, and this guy gets off, well, that ticks me off because if you're standing in the road with a shotgun, there's this fight or flight, and a lot of people forget about the third reaction, freeze, fight or flight or freeze reaction that human beings have. Maybe his, his reaction was, to, was the fight. And if he's, if that's his reaction, I don't fault him for that. But if he throws the first punch... These guys could get off for sure, Um, and and if and if they do, then there we go. There's already a narrative, and we're going to have there's going to be some problems in Brunswick, Georgia. That's that's for sure.
1: There's going to be some problem everywhere. There's going to be some smoke in the city. Sure. Now
0: I don't know what. And and the other thing is, Reggie, I got to tell you, man, if I'm running up to a pickup truck with an old man in the back of it with a three fifty seven. And a guy standing outside with a shotgun, I can tell you, dude, I am not going around that truck. I'm t- turning my happy self around, and I am running the other way. I can get my jog in, come, going right back where I came from or off into the woods or whatever. I, I, don't, know. I don't know what the surroundings were like. But I'm t- I am not. Not me, man. I, hmm. I'm just not. But all that's going to come up, man, and they're going to have to sort through all that in a court of law and try to have to figure it out.
1: Well, that's a lot to unpack, and if, you, if, if and I don't, I'm not countering you, it's just my perspective on it. That's and but, that's that's what I want to point out. And I don't mean to
0: cut you off, Rich, but that's what I want to point out. Is that I had my knee-jerk reaction, go grab the McMichaels, hang them on the courthouse grounds, and you and I go there and do a live broadcast. And and a lot of people had the same reaction as me. Apparently, LeBron James. The difference is. Well, I'm not going to just put that out there because I want to see where the facts lead. We've seen this thing too many times. And the other thing is no one's going to listen to me, but they're going to listen to LeBron, so it ain't no sense me putting that out there anyway. And and the other thing is I can't say some stuff because being a white guy, if I get off the facts, my fear is that I'm going to be quickly called a racist racist, if I don't go along with the narrative, if I just want to follow the facts. And... It also occurred to me, Reggie, that I could and so can most people can go on Facebook and call those guys the McMichaels, honkies. This is all the stuff I've heard and read in the last few days. Honky, redneck, inbred, all these sorts of things. Uh, Why? Well, well, maybe because where does this come from? We talked about stereotypes on the show. Where does that come from? Do you see where they come from? You see the way those brothers look? They're driving a pickup truck. They got shotgun. They've got the, I imagine in my mind, they've got the accent. They've got everything that stereotypically leads a person to say that they're an inbred, honky, redneck, white trash, whatever. Bro, I might actually even agree with that stuff, but it's safe to say that about them. And You take all those stereotypes, whatever they may be, and apply them to another race or another lifestyle or another gender or whatever, and you say anything, then your ship is sunk. So I, it's it's not a I'm not saying this is right or wrong or indifferent. I'm just saying well, dude, we just got right. to do better. We got we got to we have got to do better.
1: We got to I have to what was that i have to unpack it yeah please, please do
0: that's why LeBron we have this conversation man if no one's watching right now or no one downloads this man
1: i'm just glad we're having a conversation well let me hit you with this okay. lebron is necessary first and foremost that he's the things he do maybe he'll miss maybe he'll miss the mark sometime but his voice is a necessary force he has a platform like no other and it takes courage for him to do that because he could be risking sponsorships he could be risking a ton of money yeah he got a ton but he could be putting himself in a in, in some deep financial straits but yet he still speaks out and his voice rings loud sure right? yep and because it, it it counters a lot of the stuff where you hear where people will start to like mitigate what happened with the situation right I mean I don't know Georgia law by any stretch of the imagination but I also know that, as a, a concealed carry person, like I have my, my I'm not to initiate situations. I, I stand your ground, I get it, and all in the southern states and things of that nature. But I know that with my concealed carry license, I'm not to initiate a situation. Those men initiated that. Whatever dude responded to it, they initiated it. We run around, run back. If he turned around and went the other way, they just followed him. Yeah. And we don't listening. know. Well, we do know because they followed him to the stage where they were. Okay. Right? Let me
0: just really quick. Let me help you out with that. First of all, George is an open carry state. hmm And the other thing is that that's not really the statute that you're going to have to look at. It's going to be the citizen arrest statute.
1: Well, either way. Again, I don't want to parse that out, yep. but I'm saying the front voice is necessary. There have been many celebrities. To call forward some injustices that would not have happened. And I want to say again, if it was not for that video being leaked, them men would, we wouldn't even be talking about this. That's and right. not just because it wouldn't be an issue, they would have never been charged. And at a, a minimum, the, the, there should be some kind of legal investigation into that situation. And I mean, Stevie Wonder could see that that situation was avoidable. You can say on both parts true, but there was one set that had a set of guns in their hands that initiated that interaction. Yes. And so they created that circumstance.
0: And so just in case someone just logged on right now and is picking up this conversation, we want to be clear that George has not refuted anything that you just said right there. Those guys should not have grabbed guns and given chase. They should have called 911, which I think maybe they did. But really sounded like they did it while they were in the act, which that's stupid. You stay at your house and call 911 and let the cops deal with it. And he was a former cop. And I think that he still thought he was, he needed to come off his little high horse. I think he thought it was the law and he was going to go out. and. This to me, Reggie is more clear as a vigilante situation rather than, well, I can't say rather than a racial thing, but it's clear to me that it's vigilantism. Now, they'll have to prove whether they did it because they uh, a mob was a person of color or not because they could have went out there if it was a female. They may have went out there if it was a white dude. They, they may have went out there if it was just a rich looking white dude that they don't like. They, they, maybe they don't like ginger, so they would have went after a ginger. We We don't know, and by the way, Georgia is one of five states that doesn't have uh, uh, hate crime legislation, so I don't know. Maybe they don't even have to prove that, right? But I think I I think race was motivating factor here. I really do. But but they'll have to figure that out.
1: I'm still going to keep going. So LeBron and many others, without their voice, a lot of people would still suffer injustice. (laughs) I mean, even the the innocence uh, commission, I mean, came to the innocence project, oh. a lot of different things. If people don't speak up, it goes as far as it can go. A lot of people suffer because of the privilege that exists, right? I talk about this in a lot of different training. It ain't just white privilege. There's adult privilege against kids in in situations like institutions and in schools. People who have a sense of authority, a sense of agency, and an, a, a, a entitlement whether based on job description life circumstances things of that nature they tend to want to exert that on other folks that aren't in the same station that they are right and that those injustices exist and without the voices of i ain't gonna say all celebrities but I'm gonna speak for LeBron because unlike some people who came before him at, at at a stage that had a high level of popularity he spoke out He did, and he speaks out on a regular basis, and it's necessary for us to be able to rock with that. Moving past that even further, I mean, just the whole idea that we're sitting here, and not we, but as a nation, there are people trying to explain what might have led to that circumstance without just letting it just simply be what it is on its face. Two men with guns of one race basically hunted down. They waited for him. They they knew the path he was on, whether the other dude that videotaped it was running, I mean, like guiding him in that direction. I don't know. I ain't going there. But what's clear on that tape is that a fight ensued where men had two men had guns against one man. And that man is dead. And the fact that we are now as a country sitting here with a group of people. Not, i wouldn't say trying to explain what the what the guys in the truck did but at least mitigating to a degree like well we don't know this maybe we know that maybe we'll know this like i told you a black man is the the African descendant of slaves i'll put it there african-american males are the only people that i know of that have to defend ourselves or explain, apologize for being murdered and and i don't know any other group I mean, for any other situation where we have to figure out how not to be a bad person and not have made bad decisions, and our family has to come out and defend us while we're in the grave. Because a choice I made when I was 17 years old could then come back and give someone license and complete authority to lay me to waste and potentially get off for it. Or maybe not even get charged in the first place. Let's be real. The man sat for months and wasn't charged Right. I mean like they if it wasn't for the video being leaked in a severe uproar They wouldn't be charged now. You can say that's speculation. No, 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 really they wouldn't have been charged The other people GBI and all those other folks stepped in and found a probable cause to be able to charge them So I don't know. I mean if if were the cliff we'd all be high. That's a phrase I've heard before. If this was what? If, if it was a flip, so a joint, we'd all be high. Ifs and, and buts are the same as a lot of different things. What we know as factual basis is two men armed in a vehicle, went after, caught up with, and whatever took place, gunned down one man with no weapons on his person, none whatsoever. And if we gotta find a way to try to explain that, or if there's some justification for that, then I, again, don't ever question me and my paranoia about what might happen. And you know, I've had a life experience that is close to this, that that has really sh- shaded me at, about where I am with this. I mean, like, so- Here's, I, I mean, here's
0: let me say this. Um, not only GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigations, also the uh, Justice Department, United States Justice Department is also looking into this. Trump was asked about this the other day, and he, so he says uh, his quote was, uh, "It breaks it breaks your heart to watch it. It breaks your uh, let's see, let's see, it breaks your heart. It was a, it was terrible looking at that video. It was a terrible looking video to me," is what he said. All right, mm-hmm. so. So what is, what is the psychological impact of seeing that murder play out live? Because it's a very different thing when you see Aubrey get shot and killed. He's, that's it, man. He's gone. He, he left this world. His mom don't even want to watch it. She says she watched him come into this world. She doesn't want to watch him leave this world. We see that. It's very different than if we're watching something on television. So what's the psychological effect of seeing that?
1: Well, I can tell you from the lens of my 19-year-old son, who made me aware of it. Like When he saw it, he woke me up in the middle of the night about 1130 and said, did you see this? And I'm like, no, man, I didn't see that. I can tell you the psychological impact it has on him. And he's a pretty cavalier cat, right? I mean, like he, he don't sit around here and mope and blame people, this, that, and the other. But I, I could tell just in the discussion that we had about it, there's some hurt that's going on inside of him, right? Some uh, real pain and fear, right? And then it turns to anger. And and what anger can, I mean, what can you do? There ain't nothing you can do, what you're gonna do? Run out and find somebody and just start beating them up? But um, that's the psychological impact. And it's just a reinforcement, right? We talked about that confirmation bias back in the day. I mean, a few few sessions ago. Well, this is another thing that goes toward confirming some of the biases that people have, especially people of color. I did notice uh, right before I came on that now there's, a, there's an Asian group that combined with Black Lives Matter. And and that's pretty cool that there's, you know, other ethnicities stepping in. But I'm going to tell you, as a descendant of slaves, african American, especially African-American male. And this ain't no pity party. So for those of you listening, I don't need nothing from you. I do for me and mine. But we the African-American male descendant of slaves is one of the most put upon creatures on the face of this earth. We have been vilified since uh, what is that? the birth of a nation, first motion picture ever. you know what that one was Yeah, and we've been vilified I mean in, in the media and persp- I mean just everywhere, ever since, right? but and, and not that there are times when our behaviors match some of the stereotypes, but yet that's not all of us. that's not everybody. and the, the, the sad part about it is the majority of people don't don't see all of us that way, but the ones that do. They end up in trucks with guns. They end up thinking they doing the right thing by going out and stopping that, you know what, and and putting him in his place or protecting the neighborhood from a man in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, right? There's no property on the face of this earth that's worth a human being's life, in my opinion. So even if he was over there and he stole every tool out of the place, every piece of copper, everything, is that worth his life? Is that worth any man's life? Well, apparently it's worth some people's lives. And I think far too often in our country, the descendant of slaves, the male descendant of slaves, our our lives are not as as valuable as others. I won't say worthless, but not as valuable as others in the eyes of some. And that's the scary part, especially being the father of yet another descendant of slaves and knowing that I'm about to send my baby back to school. and, And there's all this tension going on with just people being locked in their houses. Not having the freedoms that they're normally entitled to and just frustrated because they lost their jobs and everything I'm about to send my baby a thousand miles away again And, and my biggest fear ain't so much that um, he won't be able to get groceries. I got money I pay for food, right? Then he can wait in line. He a young boy. He got strong legs. My biggest fear is not like you know What w- would be just a normal fear of a parent? My biggest fear is that He'll be in a situation where somebody feel like they need to take control, but he love the speed. I'm saying that now in front of God and everybody, he do. He love the speed. He loves. It. Sometimes he get a little randy, get a little good, get too big for his britches, and he like to talk back to folks too. And then my theory is that that will end his life, especially in these times now. So with all everything else, and I don't know how to mitigate that. And again, I don't want nobody to feel sorry for me but that's a real tangible thing. And then this boy's death, this boy's murder is, all it does is just reinforce those fears. And I'm not, again, I can't speak for every black person on the planet. I'm just talking about Reginald Prince at this address in in St. Paul, Minnesota.
0: Listen, I wanna wanna say this, and I wanna get your opinion on this real quick. Um, I want to live in a country where there's a jury trial. If I am, convicted of some sort of crime. And even if there's video of that crime being committed, I want to live in a country where there's due process. I want to live in a country where I get to mount my defense. Uh, I want to live in that country where the burden of proof is on the state. If they're going to um, potentially take my life from me or put me in jail forever or whatever it is. I want to live in that country. And so that's why earlier I said when they charge them with felony murder in the state of Georgia, felony murder and aggravated assault without being a lawyer. But, um, you know, I I, I can read that and understand it generally, uh, those laws. I think it seems to me that they've charged him right, and that's what I want them to do. I want them to charge him with an offense, both of those guys, with the offense that I believe they could be found guilty on because I want those guys held accountable for this nonsense that I witnessed on that video. Yeah. So, I, I, Reg, I feel like what I'm hearing you say is, is there's something wrong with – Searching out the facts of the situation, looking through what are the statutes on, let's say, open carry things we've talked about so far, open carry, you yeah, know, citizens no. arrest, stand your ground. Like there's, there's going to be a few things I'm imagining, just come right off the top of my head that they're going to be evaluated in this case. Are you saying that that stuff shouldn't be uh, looked no. at in a trial? Okay, because when you say, like, you, it sounds like you almost look at questioning those things as being some sort of uh, justification for what happened. And what I'm saying is,
1: uh, I'm a, I, don't I don't believe
0: there's anything. Okay, okay, I just I want to
1: clarify. Where if I'm murdered, I'm not put on trial. Got that's you. what I want. And that's the part I'm talking about. Should the law bear out? Sure. I mean, I don't know the laws. If stand your ground exists and that somehow came into play, cool. I just want to live in a country where if someone takes my life, especially someone of of, of another race, say if I'm shot down by a cop, which I'm telling you, I almost was. I've told you that story before, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, you did. I don't go on trial because I can't defend myself, right? I'm I'm not around anymore. That my past like the, the dirt i've done the the harms i may have put out there the bad things i may have done i would like to i want to live in a country where those things aren't a prevailing argument when that trial begins 100 percent, absolutely that, that's what i'm saying yeah we're on the, same, no. we're on that
0: the yeah we're on the same page because because it yeah. a, it aggravated me when i heard well, they're talking about this guy brought a gun to school five years ago. He was on probation. He had a burglar. He was in someone's house. Listen, none of that has anything to do with the fact that the dude's running down the road and you're being a vigilante. Pretty much. This is not Tombstone, man.
1: <laughs> well, you ain't Doc Holliday. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be you're your not
0: huckleberry. Not wide, Wyatt wide Yeah, I'm, I'll be your huckleberry. It's none of that nonsense. It's just... It's just crazy. And again, Reggie, that's just my viewpoint at this point. I mean, tomorrow there might come out some other there might be some other facts that come out that I don't even know about. But what I don't want to do is go out and here here's what I'm afraid of. This is where this is where I'm getting myself in trouble. I I don't want to see people putting out tweets that stoke racial tension, just make it worse. And I also don't want White folks to feel like they have to chime in in a, like a virtue signaling sort of situation.
1: What do you mean by that? Uh, well, virtue. virtue
0: signaling is basically me putting out there to everyone uh, uh, a
1: viewpoint where I just prove I'm a good person. Oh yeah 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 okay yeah. okay okay. I just I, mean, I just, I just got the, the obvious, knowing that it'll be well received. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. So
0: it's such an easy thing to go out there in social media world as a keyboard warrior and type in this type of thing should never happen. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, it shouldn't happen. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's like when I look at the Me Too moment, I feel like, uh, wow, what a shame it is that we're in this situation where we actually have to have a moment, uh, a movement, the Me Too movement. We have to have a movement. To, to rally against what's obviously wrong, you you don't sexually assault folks. But maybe maybe that's where we're in there. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, all the all the rest of them, uh, maybe proven. Maybe some former presidents as well have proven that maybe that's necessary. But even there, Reggie, it seems like a situation of a big power imbalance more so than anything. So I can tell you right now, I think if I got caught up in a Me Too, I ain't got no power, man. I'd be in trouble real quick. Yeah, <laughs> i'm not getting off i can tell you
1: that most of us wouldn't but my, my thing is and the, the thing i describe most is the idea and i want you to go and not you george but i want people who are watching this to go back and look at any police shootings that you know made the news around black folks because i mean the idea is you know this doesn't happen that often right now according to uh the department of justice you looking at it up right now yeah, there's been 42 white people killed by cops in 2020. There's been 31 black people killed by cops, 13 Hispanic people, and then there's a listing number of other like three other unknown 139, right? Yeah, you say there's more white people killed by cops, so on and so forth, than there are black. But when you think about it proportionately, right, we make up 16% of the country, but yet we only like a number or two behind the lead number of getting shot, then it gets, it it creates a a harsher picture. Now you translate that into a former cop who has, he's retired, he did his time, he put in his service. Thank you for your service if you were not there harming people. And he still got that mentality, right? That certain people shouldn't be doing certain things. And, And he see this occurs and he felt entitled to address that, right? And then he brought his son along, and then would have gotten away with it, would have gotten away with it if it were not for the exposure of that video. Now, my mom would say, put that in your pipe and smoke it.
0: I wish, Reggie, I don't think I will, man, but I wish I could live long enough to see a day where a situation like this occurs, and the things that you just said, those are the things that we look at. And we don't necessarily look at what color the person was. That we <clears> say <throat> and again, in this case, the color in the in the eyes of the law, I don't think it matters because there's no hate crime legislation on the books in Georgia. And there's five states, they're one of them. So I don't even think it matters anyway. And by the way, I, I really think that in a perfect world, that's the way it would be. Like we wouldn't have to have a law that um, says, well, you, you can't uh, commit a crime against someone of this age or higher. Or Like my dad always jokes with me. He's like, listen, I can do to you what I want to, son. Don't put your hands on me. I'm 76 years old. That's a, that's a, that's a felony. <laughs> right? That's what he says all the time. So, yeah. listen, don't put your hands on someone regardless.
1: Yeah. It
0: don't matter what color they are. But I think you hit the nail on the head. What we do know, I don't know what was in the heart of those guys. Because the racism issue is a heart issue. I don't know what was in their hearts. I believe, now this is my opinion, I believe, and this is full of racial you know, stereotypes of what those guys look like and all the rest of it. I'm not proud of it, but it's in my head. I think there was some racial animus in inside those dudes. I think that. But it, whether George Smallstick thinks that or not doesn't matter. But what we do know is those guys saw a guy running down the road. Apparently they thought he was a burglar and they jumped in a pickup truck with guns and confronted him. And now that brother's dead and they've been charged with felony murder and aggravated assault. I seem to think, and I'm not a lawyer, but I seem to think that that sounds right. And I hope they're accountable and I hope they, the old man goes to jail forever at 64 years old. I think he is 63, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I hope that a uh, young guy goes to jail long enough to be labeled institutionalized when it's all <laughs> said and done. So if I if I go, I want to end right here, though, Reggie. I looked at the Michael Scott shooting, some some um, facts on that, just revisited that case, because that's the one case where I just man that one stuck with me. Because we can argue stand your ground in Trayvon's case. We can argue Michael. But there's, there's always something to argue. But Reggie, I could not find something to argue with in that case. And that guy got shot in the back. He was like about 20 feet away from that cop. And I think that that cop even went and planted his taser near Michael Scott's body afterwards. And. That uh, that officer got 20 years in prison. And here's here's where I'd like to end tonight's show is this, this is uh, I think that we should all try to be Michael Scott's mother. It's just one man's opinion. I think we should all try to be Michael Scott's mother because here's what she said. She's in court and she said to that guy, that officer, he'd just been charged or sentenced for 20 years. She said, I forgive you. And I pray for you that you will repent and let Jesus come into your heart or into your life. She said, just as you are, he will forgive you. And then that officer nodded and, uh, and he mouthed the words, uh, I'm sorry to her. And you know what she said? She said uh, softly, this is according to the New York Times, she said softly, I know. That's beautiful, man. I don't I I can't imagine even having that in me as a parent.
1: If mm. someone
0: would have done that to one of my children and then to be able to say I forgive you and I pray for you that you will repent and let Jesus come into your life just as you are, he'll forgive you. He said I'm sorry and she says I know. That's beautiful, man. She beautiful. she could I would submit to you, she could not have done that on her own. Yeah, that to me right there is like uh, evidence that I've said it on here before. That I believe the church is the hope of the world. I said it last week. One of my lessons uh, for, of life lessons from working in jail for 22 years is that kids need grace, right? Kids need Jesus. That's an amazing act of grace that she gave that man. It's
1: incredible. I don't know how she could do it. Because I couldn't. I could. I'm kind of you heard you heard mine. I'm kind Jose. Of now, I hope they don't cost me a contract, but I, I don't know. I, I don't I know I don't have it in me to be that full of grace, and I pray that one day I do. I pray I never have to experience it either. That's right. But I know I know that um, that would be a line that I could. I, mean, I don't know if I could go there. I just don't, and so many people have. I mean, you think about the lady who walked into the wrong apartment and shot that boy down, his brother got up and gave the woman a hug, right? Prayed for in court, right? I mean, there, there are people who are uh, capable of some incredible grace. And I pray one day, not to have a similar experience, but to have that that level of, of I guess, of forgiveness in my heart. I, I, th- I think I got it mostly. But I don't ever want to talk about that discussion when it comes to uh, me and mine, if, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. makes sense. I just don't think I would have it. I know I don't have it now. I'm sitting here at 43 yeah. years old. I don't have it. Maybe by the time I'm Mrs. Scott's age, I would have it. But that lady, it's been a couple of years ago. I hope she's still around. I don't know how old she is, but that lady's a saint. We should we should celebrate people like that.
1: Yeah. And I hope I'm
0: not making more of a saint out of her than what she is. She might be on the... You know, back pew in church on Sunday morning, gossiping about it. But I don't know. But I'll tell you right there, what a moment! I think we should all hope to be that way one day. All right, Reggie, thanks for the conversation, man. I appreciate it. Hey, back. I always do, and so I really appreciate everyone listening tonight and and downloading the podcast and listening to it there. And again, I just want to uh, encourage you to share. Uh, it's one thing to like it, and I hope you will do that. But share. I think our last. I think our last uh, broadcast, Reggie, we had uh, over 350 views and then some views on YouTube and some podcast downloads. I mean, we're, we're getting close to around 500 of these uh, uh, views and, and and people listening every time. So we want to get those numbers up. And so if you think it's worth listening to, share it with other people. We greatly appreciate it, Reggie and
1: I. Well, I appreciate the compliments on the shirts. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, everyone, Uh, until next time, uh, which is Thursday at 8 o'clock, be good, take care of yourself, and give some people some grace. Yeah.